0: Welcome to the first Stevenson-Harwood Pensions Law Podcast of 2023. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher, or by visiting our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. I'm Philip Goodchild, a partner in the Pensions Advisory Team, and I have with me Julia Cooper, an associate in our team. Today, the topics we will look at include developments with the status of EU case law in the context of the PPF, the Edinburgh reforms, as well as an Ombudsman decision highlighting the importance of carrying out due diligence in the context of transfers out. Firstly, however, we will consider the pension regulator's draft funding code of practice.
1: Thanks, Philip. We have previously discussed how the Pension Schemes Act 2021 provided a framework for a new defined benefit funding regime. Draft regulations published last year filled in some of the detail of what would be required, but the industry has been waiting for a revised code of practice from the regulator to understand what much of this will mean in practice. The regulator has now provided a draft of this new code, on which they are consulting. The consultation period will close on the 24 March 2023. The intention is that the draft code will come into force from October 2023. Under the new regime, trustees will be required to produce a funding and investment strategy which sets out how they will meet their long-term funding target. The draft code discusses the types of investments and level of risk available to trustees under this new approach. The code also sets out the maturity level of the scheme by which the long-term funding target will need to be met. Trustees should start considering the impact the new approach will have on the funding of their schemes and in particular their investment portfolio. Equally, employers will need to understand what impact the long-term funding and investment strategy will have on the funding position and requirements of the scheme, as well as the length of their recovery plans. More information on the draft code can be found in our briefing on the topic on our pensions hub.
0: Thanks, Julia. Our next topic considers the future status of certain EU case law which impacts PPF compensation levels. The House of Commons Public Bill Committee has rejected an amendment to the retained EU law revocation and reform bill that would have otherwise retained certain EU judgments relating to the calculation of PPF benefits in English law. This amendment would have preserved the Bower line of case law, which ensured that members of insolvent schemes that had entered into the PPF received an increase to the level of benefits set by the PPF in certain cases. The PPF provides compensation at two different levels. Pensioners over normal retirement age receive 100% of their benefits, whereas deferred members and pensioners under normal retirement age receive 90% of their benefits, subject to a compensation cap. It is the second category of compensation level to which this line of case law applies. In 2019, the Bauer decision stated that the PPF must ensure members do not fall below the poverty line when the employer becomes insolvent. The Hampshire case in September 2018 held that members should not receive less than 50% of their entitled pension benefits from the PPF. And finally, the Hughes case in 2021 held that members should not receive less than 50% of guaranteed benefits and that the compensation cap on deferred members should not apply. The Minister of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy has confirmed that the DWP does not intend to implement the Bauer Judgment, citing it as a clear example of where an EU judgment conflicts with the UK Government's policies on UK private pensions protection schemes.
1: Thanks, Philip. In December, the regulator and the FCA published an update to their joint regulatory strategy, highlighting the importance of collaboration between regulators to enhance and protect savers' outcomes. The strategy noted eight joint workstreams including value for money, stewardship, pension scams, defined benefit transfers and dashboards. The regulator and FCA highlighted the eight joint workstreams as demonstrating a fundamental shift in the working relationship between the FCA and the Regulator, where the two are now working hand in hand.
0: Thanks. The Regulator has recently published a blog in which it encourages trustees to improve their investment decision skills and consider whether their governance structures are fit for the future investment environment. The regulator addresses better governance and the need for trustees to consider better member outcomes by either transferring members' benefits to another scheme, such as by consolidating with larger-scale providers, or by making any improvements necessary to their own scheme to ensure it offers value.
1: Thanks, Philip. A wind-raging set of reforms of the financial services sector, referred to as the Edinburgh reforms, were announced by the Chancellor of the Exchequer on the 9th of December 2022. A number of these impact pension schemes. The DWP, alongside the FCA and the regulator, will consult on a new value for money framework for defined contribution schemes. This will set required metrics and standards for all schemes in areas such as investment performance, costs and charges, and quality of service. The DWP will also draft regulations that will remove certain performance fees from the charges cap that applies in default funds in DC schemes used for auto-enrolment. This is intended to enhance investment in liquid assets. The government will consult on new guidance for the local government pension scheme on asset pooling. Finally, HM, Treasury and HMRC published a joint consultation on proposals for reforming the VAT treatment of fund management services. This proposes to provide legal clarity by codifying the existing position under UK VAT law and retained EU law. This would include establishing defined criteria to determine which funds are entitled to the Special Investment Funds Exemption.
0: Thanks, Julia. For our last topic, we will consider a pensions ombudsman case regarding transfers out. Mrs G complained that the teacher's pension did not conduct sufficient due diligence checks when transferring her pension benefits to the London Quantum Pension Scheme where it was invested in high-risk, unregulated assets, unsuited to pension fund investment. In January 2015, Mrs G received advice from Investico, an unregulated firm not authorised to give investment advice. They introduced her to the receiving scheme. Gerard Associates Limited. then subsequently provided her with advice in respect of transfer, Mrs G received a transfer analysis report from Gerard, which highlighted the advantages of the, prece- of, of the proceeding with the transfer and also was accompanied by a pro forma letter to Mrs G to sign, agreeing that she was not taking any form of pensions liberation. Mrs G completed the forms and the transfer from the teacher's pension was completed on the 18th of February 2015. In April 2015, Friends Life wrote to Mrs G flagging concerns about the Receiving Scheme and confirming it was unable to proceed with the transfer of the two pensions she had with Friends Life to the Receiving Scheme. Mrs G complained to the Pensions Ombudsman regarding the transfer from the Teacher's Pension to the London Quantum Pension Scheme, arguing that had the Teacher's Pension flagged up similar concerns regarding the Receiving Scheme, she would not have transferred her pension teacher's pension placed heavy reliance on the fact that Mrs G had validly exercised her statutory right to transfer and therefore they wanted to proceed with the transfer within the time frames. The pension's ombudsman found that Mrs G did not, in fact, complete her application form to consider within the three-month statutory transfer deadline. The teacher's pension was therefore under no obligation to proceed with the transfer. In addition, Even if Teacher's Pension did believe it was under a statutory obligation to effect the transfer, it still had to carry out sufficient due diligence. Further, the only contact made by Teacher's Pension to Mrs G directly was in respect of a previous CETV, cash equivalent transfer value request, the member had made but decided not to go ahead with. That letter had contained no warning about the risk of scams or fraud. The pensions ombudsman noted that teachers' pensions' actions showed a, open quotes, "...surprising lack of understanding at the time of the transfer of the regulators' expectations to put proper processes in place to protect members, which was widely understood in the industry and is highlighted by the fact that friends' life rejected the transfer." Teachers' pension prioritised processing the transfer quickly. The Pensions Ombudsman found Teachers' Pension had sufficient time to carry out the due diligence and therefore its failures amounted to serious maladministration. The Pensions Ombudsman found that had Teachers' Pension put in place proper processes to identify transfers to potential scam arrangements and warned Mrs G of the risk of transferring her benefits from Teachers' Pension to London Quantum Pension Scheme, she would have withdrawn her transfer request. Teacher's pension was ordered to reinstate Mrs. G's accrued benefits, adjusting for any revaluation, and pay £1,000 to reflect the serious distress and inconvenience she had suffered. This case serves as a reminder to trustees to ensure that appropriate due diligence is carried out in the context of transfers. The requirements are even more stringent now with the advent of red and amber flags." which trustees should ensure they are actively considering in response to any statutory transfer requests received.
1: That's all for this month's podcast. Further detail can be found in our January snapshot and our briefing on the regulator's draft funding code of practice. These are available on our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. You can listen to this podcast again and subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher or on the Pensions Hub.